In fact, I think I warned you a couple of times. Oh, you did. Oh, no, you you totally did. (laughs) Yeah, I I was concerned for your health, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I don't think I would have quit. I probably would have just died in some Hampton Inn somewhere. (laughs) And they wouldn't have known for like six days. What's that smell in room 213? Hey everybody, Free Accident Investigation Podcast. I'm Todd Conklin. How are you? Are you good? I sounded loud right then. Did I sound loud? Was it too loud? I think that hey everybody was a little too loud. I'm leaving it in because I want to show you how the sausage is made. That's why we're here to make sausage. Well, no, no, that's not it. It's a podcast. I'm glad you're here. Today is, I can't, so suddenly I've started this thing and I didn't know I would start this thing. And that is these two-part podcasts. You'll see why I'm talking about this uh, as we progress through. This one is, there's so much uh, good stuff in it that I, I, I just didn't want to edit down to 26 minutes or 22 minutes or however long. So I'm, I, this is going to be a double podcast. And the reason it's a double is because this conversation that you're about to be a part of, and it's totally for you, so just enjoy it as much as you possibly can, will you? This conversation is... Um, is a discussion with my friends. And they're your friends too, so it's all our friends. This is a friendly conversation. And the conversation specifically is with Tony Mashara. You know Tony. Ron Ferris. Oh, you know Ron. And Jim Marinus. And they're going to talk about a bunch of stuff, but mostly what they're going to talk about is uh, they've finished a new book. It's not out yet, and so I'll stay in the, in the loop with you when it's out. But it's, uh, it's entitled Critical Steps, colon, Managing What Must Go Right in High-Risk Operations. And the three of those guys, I guess, have been working on this a while. It sounds like it. I'm excited about this book for a couple reasons. One is it's not filled with academic, technical, you know, it's not the giant book, of 900-page book. It's, uh, it's about the right size. It's definitely pitched at the right audience, and it's 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 people who talk to people in language that they talk to. So, see, that's good. That's a really good thing. And so, we decided. I, I really wanted to talk to these guys about this book because th- that's an exciting thing. And we got to talking, and I'm not sure we talked about the book very much. That's uh, that's the problem when you get together, and we have a lot of history, us, uh, all of us, and so. That's when I thought, well, I can't really just cut out all the stuff that we talked about that wasn't related to the book because then the podcast will just be kind of not very exciting. I mean, it wouldn't be bad, but it's this is much more exciting and much more interesting, and I think you'll like it immensely. No, I know you will. It's, um, it's a fun conversation, it's absolutely a fun conversation. And it's just, it's just fun to talk to these guys. You'll see that what I'm interested in is how their opinions and ideas and thoughts have changed over the last 20 years or so. Because I think that part's really interesting. Because it's interesting to know where we were and where everybody is kind of going. But the reason that's interesting is not for the historical part or the, the uh, you know an archive of this journey. I think that's a little heady and kind of egomaniacal. It's interesting because... I think that's exactly the same journey that all of us are on. 
that we all kind of start with this belief that we can manage error and none of us have ended up at the place where we manage error. Uh, in fact, error is pretty inevitable. It's a part of it. And what we have to do is build systems that are resilient enough around those critical steps, which is what they write about, so that when they fail, and they will, it's not a matter of if, but when they fail, how will they fail? How Will they fail, fail elegantly? Will they fail catastrophically? Will they fail somewhere in between there? And that is the conversation we had. And I really like this conversation. I've, I found this to be a kind of a cool way to uh, talk about it. But mostly what we talked about is just stuff and other stuff. And, you know, because it, it, for us, May 1st of June, uh, at least in North America, is kind of a transitional time from work to the summer season to holiday to all those kind of things. And you can, I don't know if you can, you can definitely hear it in my voice. And I think you can hear it in Jim and Ron and Tony as well. And so that conversation is a part of it. It's, it's, you'll like it. I almost can guarantee it. So how are you doing? Other than that, good? Everything fine? It's been, um, it's, it's, it's been an interesting time because now I had this conversation, uh, a different conversation, because, you know, that's what I do is just talk to people and try to eat cookies as much as possible. But I was talking to somebody, so so big parts of the world are closing back down. So we're seeing COVID reemerge, which there's a couple things going on here. One is that the Southern Hemisphere is is moving into their cold and flu season. It's, it's getting colder, and so people are moving indoors more. And so that clearly has had an impact. But also, I had this really interesting conversation with a person who does this for a living, who knows about this stuff, and um, countries that did a good job in prevention have had a difficult time in the vaccination stage. And countries that did kind of a less than stellar job in prevention have actually had a better uptake on the vaccine. And then the whole, everything in between there has been a huge part of it. But man, my thoughts are with with everybody who's listening in India certainly Southeast Asia, Australia, New Zealand, um, there's there's some activity. In fact, as we speak, Australia's got a rather large uh, uh, quarantine again, lockdown again for, what what did I hear today, seven and a half million people or something? So there's, there's tons going on. And near as I could tell, and I'm no expert because I don't know crap about crapola, but the people I talk to who do this for a living – say that we're not out of it the, the most shocking thing they said to me and uh this is just for your I, i'm not i mean i'm not passing along rumors or bad information but they they just sort of casually said that it, it, people who aren't vaccinated will probably get the virus because the virus is really like that it's a virus it is aggressively looking for hosts and hosts are out there and if it finds them it's going to find them because that's how it that's how it becomes a virus and so that's going to be interesting. All this political stuff around this is crazy. It's This has been a really amazing ride. And I don't mean good amazing. I mean amazing, amazing. And so that's been something to watch as well. But that's neither here nor there. It's just kind of on my mind. And so I'm thinking of you guys for sure because everybody's trying to manage this incredible uncertainty and figure out what forward looks like and how we'll bounce into it and, and where things are going to go, which kind of is a great opportunity to go back and look at this idea of critical steps 
and controls and system capacity. But what it really is is a great opportunity to listen to us chat. So you're going to hear Jim and Ron and Tony, and they're going to talk in great details. And this is only going to be part one. So listen carefully because you'll get a chance to hear part two almost immediately. So, well, not really. It'll be a week, but it'll feel like it goes fast because that's how time's going. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of it. Thanks for hanging out. I mean, because hanging out's really cool. And uh, let's listen to this conversation. I could kill more time, but why? There's so much content just flying off the shelves as we progress through this. So here is a conversation around this new book, Critical Steps. But it's really a conversation about some, some old friends talking about the world. So listen as Tony, Ron, and Jim give us their information and talk to us. I think you'll be very interested, and I know you're pleased. So here we go. Most of what I do is assessments right. and, uh, and week-long uh, uh, practitioner courses. Right. So, so I got to be well, there. <laughs> what about you, Ron? What are you I up like- to? Uh, you know, I, I started a new company, High Reliability Training, so we're developing video-based training. And when I say that, it's not the talking head PowerPoint thing. It's it's a, a video from the field, and we're applying a lot of the concepts that we'll talk about today and uh, uh, basic HOP, HRO, principles, concepts, and delivering it, uh, fundamental knowledge through that that format, which minimizes my trouble, which I found good. So when I said I'm busy I'm not busy traveling. I'm busy developing. So, nice. And, nice. Uh, Are you going to use two things? I wrote the book and started a new company. So I can't, uh, I can't say <laughs> I wasn't busy during COVID. A books write themselves, you guys. Come on. They just write yeah. the books. Just flow. They just flow oh, out of yeah. you. Like, <laughs> not like, for us. Like syrup <laughs> out of a syrup thing. Jim, what are you doing? I'm with Tony. I'm waiting to start traveling. I like the balance of um, writing and conversing via the internet but getting out in the field is really where my heart is Mm -hmm. and so i'm looking forward to a little work up in canada you know hopefully be able to go up and do some more work up with the folks on the north slope they're opening up and uh actually seeing about addressing some of the airline woes that you're talking about oh yeah good luck In fact, Godspeed and good luck. I'll give you both of those. <laughs> hey, hey um, I don't know. We may or may not be recording, but I, I one thing I wanted to express to you and, and Ron and Jim feel this way that, you know, you've had an influence on what we what we wrote. And uh, yeah, <laughs> in particular, one specific aspect that had a lot to do with what we call what you call failing safely. Uh huh. So that's a, that's an integral part of this book. Oh, cool. I tried yeah. to open up the front matter, but the PDFs wouldn't open, which is probably me, but I, huh. I couldn't get, uh, it's probably me. Don't worry, Tony. Um, <laughs> you're not, you're not the first person who sent me something that I look at and think it should open. It's right there. <laughs> I wonder why it won't open. It looks yeah, like well, it's apparently there. it works because, uh, because, uh, CRC press is able to open it up. What made you guys go back through CRC? Other they than asked, the, you're just glutton for punishment, and I said they that, asked I'll, us. I'll put that out publicly. Yeah, they asked. Uh, yeah, you're right about it being a punishing uh, process. <laughs> but uh, actually, we just submitted it to. Well, you know, my last book was risk based thinking was published right. by Routledge, so I sent it to my contact, uh, the manuscript to uh, Routledge, and uh, 
oh, what was it, guys? About a month later, last November, we I get an email from uh, CRC Press wanting to do it. Excellent. When's so, it coming out? Do you know? Have they told you? No, it's uh, it's what it's it's entered the what they call pre-production. I guess. Oh, right, I, I know the, this well. Yes, they're in the process of uh, putting it in the typeset format. So, uh, so we're waiting for that, but, but right now we're, we're working, actually Jim is starting to work on the, uh, the, the index. <laughs> so that's the next step. Jim, there's the piece of software that does that for you. You know that, right? You well, know, I take all suggestions. I found a couple <laughs> that, you know, it looks like anything I could get would be great. That software is great. <laughs> well, I mean, once it gets into typeset, you have to wait till it's in typeset to know what page uh, a word right, is on. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. And then you run that software and it'll say, you use the word, uh, monkey 11 times. <laughs> and it'll put every, every place where the word monkeys in the book. So yeah. That's, that's, who's going to read it. Who, who's going to read it for the audiobook? You know, um, we haven't, uh, addressed that just yet. Oh, I'm asking hard questions. Yeah, I didn't mean to. Yeah. Is that political? No. Okay, uh-uh. good. Now I've had one person make an offer, so so there's there's one offer on the table as far as uh, doing the uh, recording. Oh, that's cool. That'd be cool. The, the voice, the but voice. I'm not sure I want to go with that person. I think you guys should read it yourself. Well, my southern accent doesn't translate too well. No, that's what people <laughs> want. They want to hear you guys. You can tra- you can trade off chapters. <laughs> that's possible flip a coin for it <laughs> mm-hmm. so that's cool well, I, I i really appreciate you letting us do this or you know in the, you know give us some time with your your podcast oh absolutely it's my pleasure i'm i'm excited i i think it'd be great i, I we can do yeah i let's make this book a hit that's a perfect plan get people excited about it and they'll mm-hmm. pre-order it so that'll be perfect Mm-hmm. I'm completely into it. Well, we've had several endorsements on it already. Uh, we've had uh, one from uh, National Safety Council, or CHSE. Nice. You know, they've endorsed it. Uh, Biogen has endorsed it. Nice. Uh, the U.S. Navy, but not the Navy. <laughs> uh, a, a submarine commander has uh, has endorsed it, but he can't say that uh, uh, you know what part of the Navy he's from. Right. Yeah. Um, Enbridge has endorsed it. Let's see who else guys, uh, uh, a former Delta airline pilot endorsed it. Yeah. Chief operations officer from uh, DOE site. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A DOE director. Let's see. And, uh, let's see. I can't. Oh, and, uh, a former NERC executive. Nice. North, yeah. North American electric reliability council. So it's it's uh, they th- they can think it's going to be a, a great uh, uh, a great service to to the industry in terms of the practical application of of uh, managing the risk of human performance in the workplace. And the the approach you guys took on this one is much more really more applied. So it's a shorter book, less less theoretical. Maybe is that the right word? That is the truth, and that was a constant challenge for the three of us because most as you already know most of the books out there tend to be academic and written by academics 
and there's just a few of them that have a management uh, uh, bent to them in the language they use. And so it was a, it was a constant struggle, uh, even though I was trying to uh, push that rope, so to speak. Uh, even I had troubles, troubles trying to stay away from the academic phrases and, uh, and so trying to keep it on a, an everyday language, uh, uh, level was, uh, difficult. How'd you guys write it? Just, did you each take a swipe at it? What do you, what do you guys think? What, well, by the way, you know, Ron, Ron Ferris, I haven't introduced him. Oh, Ron absolutely. Ferris, yeah. And then, uh, Jim Marinas, he's, these are my two cohorts in, in crime here. Right. So how did we do it there, Ron? Well, um, Tony and I had a early on discussion and then we brought Jim into it because we thought the, you know, the collaboration would benefit us because we all bring different experiences and knowledge and backgrounds Though we have similar backgrounds, um, but we've all diverged and converged here. Uh, but we, um, we basically kind of laid out what the book should entail, kind of the, uh, the outline, if you would, and then we divided and conquered then, we heavily reviewed, criticized, uh, argued, and debated, and uh, pushed back, and then pulled forward, and uh, we we got it down. So it was a it was an interesting uh, process. <laughs> I would tell yeah, you that it was dynamic. <laughs> dynamic is yeah. good and complex, probably. <laughs> was it but fun? You no. Know, what What do you think, Jim? Was it fun for you? <laughs> uh, definitely. Uh, it, it's a dream come true for me. When when Tony asked if I'd be interested. I almost fell over myself saying yes. <laughs> and it was a lot of work. I mean, no doubt about that, but very rewarding work. And it was a good way to get to know a couple of guys I thought I knew pretty well, even better. Mm, yeah, we got to know each other well. We know what uh, where, where our pain points were or are. and uh, <laughs> But what it did... Todd, and I, I don't, you haven't, you haven't co-authored a book, but I tell you, when you sit and, and do these Zoom meetings like this uh-huh. and you address a specific, a specific aspect of what we're writing about and the other guy or the other guys disagree with you or they, they, they introduce a nuance that you hadn't th- thought of, you know, for me, I got, I got frustrated. I thought I knew this, you know, and, <laughs> but here's some new ideas and it just, and the fact that I had to entertain those new ideas expanded uh, uh, the the uh, the waterfront of what was uh, what I consider as part of this book. So originally we were I wanted to keep this thing around 100 110 pages. Now it's 130 pages. <laughs> right. So 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 um, one of the challenges when you co-author is how do you keep each other motivated? Because I've tried to co-author lots, but it, the other people don't want to they say they want to do it they act all interested and then nothing happens how, how did you guys defeat that how well, for, for me i i think one of the things we got lucky that that all of us are high performers and willing to go the extra mile we would set deadlines and we would meet them i i we seldom pushed pushed a deadline on a, a particular aspect of the book of what we were going to deliver and uh Almost all of us, just like teaching a university class, we, we dug in so deep to prepare for that that next thing that we were going to do. Um, you know, to me, we, we learned a lot. And Jim, Jim and I keep telling Tony this, but Tony admits it as well. We we all learn so much from writing what we know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have to you have to dig deeper than what you currently know 
to to profess it to other professionals that are going to be critical of your work. So mm -hmm. I thought that was a, a very important part of this. Well, and I would add to that, I, I think uh, we all have a, a deep passion for this. Mm. And mm. we saw this as helping in ways that uh, maybe haven't been offered yet. And we were eager to make that contribution. So uh, pretty well self-motivated. You know, uh, uh, one of our endorsements, you know, the one endorsement from the National Safety Council um, says that uh, this book on critical steps will save lives. And that that motivates me to know him, the knowing that you know, the, this concept of critical steps, identifying, controlling critical steps <clears throat> um, will indeed save people's lives if, if, if people apply it. So you all brought... Um really a unique vantage point to the book writing process. What were the individual vantage points that you guys all brought? Because you must know them by now. I mean, you've been working together on this a long time. You, at a Herculean pace, created a product, which is hard to do. I'm right there with you. What did you all bring to the table that was unique and special to you? Well, speaking for myself, well, actually for all three of us, all three of us are Navy nukes. You know, we all we all grew up and uh, 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 in the uh, either in the nuclear submarines or or, or the nuclear surface navy, and uh, and I had the officers or managers perspective, whereas you know Ron and and, and Jim, you know they they started in navy from from an enlisted perspective. So they had, in fact, we had a running joke you know the knuckle draggers these are the knuckle draggers in the group so they had the hands-on you know they had the hands-on perspective i had the you know the the monitoring supervisory perspective the manager perspective but then you know in our in our career since the navy you know ron and jim have been in the in the uh, department of energy along with yourself and uh and now you know jim is more so focused on the uh has been focused on the research side and and uh, Ron stayed with more of the operational side. Is that right, Ron? You know, well, I did spend eight years doing human factors research, but okay. uh, yeah, yeah. But but since that, I, the last six years was a practical application of the concept. So, but I really appreciated what Jim brought to the table in terms of the the knowledge worker, the scientist, and the researcher perspective. You guys want to add to that? Well, for me, I think my addition was uh, I'm the uh, perpetual storyteller, and, uh, mm -hmm. and Tony engaged me to uh, write stories about principles and concepts that we had in here. Most, uh, well, all of them were real-life experiences that I either personally experienced or was cognizant of due to uh, people I know, and uh, I do a big variety of things uh, personally. I've got a lot of hobbies, so it lends itself to a lot of, a lot of opportunity for risk. I would say uh, I do a lot of outdoor activities like Jim does. And um, so adding those, those stories and then building on the ideas, because like when I teach a, a course or I'm teaching at the university, I like to use just like uh, one of the things I love about what you do taught is the idea of uh, the power of stories and, and making that human connection to a concept through the power of stories. And, and we did that throughout the book. Every, Every chapter starts with a story. Uh, either any one of us contributed to that story or stories within the chapter. And we built on it so people could apply it to 
the real world, the things that we all uh, deal with. So everybody's going to be able to read this book and relate to those things. So I think that was one of my major contributions. And then uh, just just my field applications, uh, working with oil, gas, nuclear, mining, and a variety of other industries and Department of Energy, Department of Defense, just brought a lot of practical you know, when you go apply these concepts in the field, you'll learn a lot. Um, you think you know until you go, and then you you find out you got even more information. I, I always say my best learning is not when, you know, when I'm doing assessments or cause analysis, but actually mentoring people in the field, observing work, and interrelating with the, the folks. So we tried to bring those things we've learned to the book, and, and that's, one of, I think, one of the bigger contributions I brought. What do you think, Jim? Jim? I thought that um, my interest in uh, resilience engineering and, and safety too, and the participation with those communities of practice uh, added um, mm-hmm. the emphasis on um, success and the discussion of uh, succeeding in uh, highly adverse conditions that are uh, typical in a, in a research environment. You know, if you think about research, uh, those folks have got to be some of the most resilient in the world because they fail 9,999 times for every success. And being able to apply that thinking uh, in the context of making that an and conversation uh, addressing critical steps and the needs for rigorous controls and, and balancing that with uh, technical expertise, even uh, bringing in expert intuition, mm-hmm. fast thinking, slow thinking, those types of concepts. What was the big aha moment for you guys? What did you all learn in the, in this process? Because you've said it a couple times during this little conversation, but you really sort of have sudden realizations of what you know when you try to explain what you know, what surprised you the most? Well, I, you know, first thing in this, I'm piggybacking on what Jim just said, this idea of a a perspective on success. And uh, that, that kind of changed my paradigm originally, because originally I've always thought of critical steps as, is avoiding the negative consequences of, of, of uh, uh, losing control in the workplace. Whereas Jim folks refocused that help, help the three of us reframe our, our thinking about that as, and it fundamentally ended up being the, 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 the key direction of this book where we're trying to maximize the success of the people at the sharp end of the organization by exercising positive control and creating value without losing control. And so that was a, that was a big aha. And the other one for me was conversations, the importance of conversa- <laughs> conversations, <clears throat> you know, we got to have a, a common mental model of what's going on in the workplace, not only in the workplace, but also organizationally and that in the system perspective is, you know, what's happening that, that either inhibits or enables uh, uh, that success in the workplace. So those were the two big ahas for me. Well, for me, the, Todd, the, the, the one that really hit me was the, the concept of uh, adaptive capacity. Mm-hmm. And, and we really, we, we ended up uh, taking that, and that probably added a lot of, <laughs> a lot of pages to the book. Uh, we ended up spending time about 
and, and delving into the idea of what, what's it take to augment that adaptive capacity and adaptive capacity from the perspective of the book is basically is that that capacity to, to close the gap between the work as imagined as work performed and, and how the workers do that to create safety. They, they bring that. And we, we expanded on that. And I'll tell you the conversations we had and the writings we brought and the research we did to bring that into a practical application uh, I thought was one of the most powerful things we did in the book. And, uh, and I, and I'm glad we delved into it and, and added the pages as a result of mm-hmm. we, we dedicated a lot of, uh, a lot of pages and words to that, uh, as well as the, the, the other one I would add is I, I saw you at the, the HPRCT conference in Toronto a few years ago. I, I went out and talked to you. Sydney Decker was there and others, and it was a great conference. Ray Gonzalez and I were there from Hope Consulting and, and, uh, one of the things you said, and I went and talked to Ray right after, because we tried to set separately so we could talk to other people. I said, did you hear what Todd said and talked about on failing safely and uh, this capacity to fail safe? And I wrote a ton of notes when you were speaking, and I it just got my brain really working hard. And we spent a lot of time in this book, uh, not only talking about what must have to go right, but this ability to adapt uh, uh and to fail safely and, and have an adaptive capacity. And I, to me, those were the big ahas. It, it, we dug so deep that I, I learned so much more. And so uh, hats off to you. And I do appreciate you giving us the feedback on the definition of, um, of failing safely because we wrote it up and we agreed to what we wrote. And when, and I think Jim is the one that sent it to you and said, Hey, uh, do you agree? Did, did we get this right? And you said, yeah. So it maybe gave you some feedback. I don't know what, what we got in the book, we can say you said. <laughs> I'm sure I said it. Let's go with that anyway. I'm I'm good with it. I'm I I'm all support. I'm all support. <laughs> I think it's interesting because one of the questions that I'm dying to ask all three of you is how has your perception of the work you've done your whole lives changed over the period of time you've done this work? I want to. I want to start off. I'm going to answer your last question and that question. Together. Wow, it's a double. This do I have to pay twice? Yep. <laughs> I'm One in charge. Okay, I'll I'll pay. Okay. Um, the 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 neat thing for me, the aha in in writing this book was how we could bring all these concepts together in in and conversation. Uh, we really didn't have to have very many or conversations and the the ability to be able to to paint this picture um, to show uh, in uh, some fidelity you know to the old ways of doing business um, compared to the new uh, view and and how even some of the old ways you know we probably didn't understand them very well but somehow we were still successful uh, and, and being able to apply some of the, the new discussion to help explain better how maybe we were successful uh, was very rewarding. So what I tell you, that is the end of part one. So part one is that, that is part one. Part two will follow next week where we, sort of dive into this a little deeper. In fact, that's kind of what the transition says. That's what I say to Ron as he finishes that comment. Lots of good information here, without a doubt. 
And that's what's so fun about this podcast. Tune in next week. Be ready because we'll finish this conversation up and you'll get some great detail on the book itself. So until then, my friends, thanks for being a part of it. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Tony. You were great. Let's see how you finish up. No pressure, but you got the week to worry about it. Until then, my friends, learn something new every single day. Have as much fun as you possibly can. Be kind to each other. Check in on one another. It's very important. It really is right now. That's what I did at the beginning of this podcast. And until then, my friends, be safe. <music>